Hello, everyone, and welcome back to My Pleasure. And I am really happy to be here. I've really had a weird, a weird week. Like, I was sick. I got my period. I know that's not weird for being a girl, but whatever. I, ugh, I like hate how this intro is going already. I've stopped and started. You guys, I just feel like I want to fall on the bathroom floor. Do you ever just visualize like that the only thing that feels right for you and for how you feel is to just be on the bathroom floor and like just just like feel the cold tile on your skin and like have that be what you just deserve. Like you just deserve to be a person on the floor of a bathroom. And like, I don't mean like a sketchy gross bathroom, like it's your bathroom, you know, but it's just, that is a visualization that comes to me a lot when I feel down is I just feel like, God, I feel like a pile of of bones and like body and I just want to be collapsed and have all my weight on the bathroom floor. So that's a really nice way to start this episode, I think. Um, I didn't really do Christmas. I really leaned into being Jewish this Christmas, which was kind of the first time I've ever done that. Like I looked at Christmas through the perspective of a person who was fully Jewish and you know, I'm not, I'm half and half, I'm half C's and I know everyone's like, what is that? You can't be half a religion. I know. Okay. But being Jewish is like a culture and sort of an ethnicity in its own way. So I, we're not doing that conversation today, but I really leaned into being Jewish and like, oh, like some people just don't, and not just Jewish people, like a lot of people who are not Christian, we just don't, they don't have Christmas and that's completely normal to them. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to like, look at this from that perspective. Like that's super normal. A lot of people are left out of Christmas every single year. And I'm sure that they feel a varying many various ways about it. I'm sure that some years they're like, oh, I wish I had Christmas. And then other years they're like, I don't care at all. And so I had a non-Christmas Christmas, but I loved it. I really did. I really, even though I'm like st- sad in a way, I don't think that is coming from me not having a Christmas. Cause I could have, you know, I could have flown home and spent time with my family and I feel bad that I wasn't there to share that experience with them. But I chose to stay in LA and like really use this time of the year to be reflective and creative. And a lot of the times when you say you're being reflective and creative, it's, it kind of means nothing. Like it kind of means you're doing nothing. And that can lead to being feeling sad and there is nothing wrong with feeling sad right like do not feel bad for me feeling sad is almost like a place of comfort and it's a it's it's a healthy fucking emotion like i want to be very clear nobody feels happy all the time and if they're pretending that they have that or maybe like maybe they are but then they're just like stupid like i believe that if you feel happy all the time you're very stupid. And God bless, God speed. That's great for you. Love that for you, but that's not me and I'm I'm super happy 
that I am not always happy because I love my ranges of emotions and I love to feel my feelings. And I, I, that's like a life source for me is feeling things. And I, I, in fact, I, I feel bad for people who don't feel things like sadness or uh, whatever other feelings there are. That's really the only one that's coming to mind to me right now. Um, so I had that kind of a Christmas and I also think like typically I usually have nothing going on over the holidays and so it's very free and I had like a, I have like some work things going on and so I haven't felt like, oh, this is just fully freedom and that's a little bit bothering me because I'm like, shit, if I don't get this like fully free time, is that going to mess up? the start to my year, but I think that's kind of made me decide, well, you know what? I want to have more fully free time mentally throughout the year. And maybe that's going to mean for me in 2023, like, oh shit, Esther, you're going to pick like three days out of the month where you just don't look at emails. You're not thinking about, you know, whatever it is that you think about during the year and just like, disappear into myself and um because that is a it's a privilege and it's a privilege that I want to lean into I really want to use that and I'm thinking a three-day month every month kind of thing could be really nice and speaking of things I want to do in 2023 I saw this headline that was like saying that someone wanted to microdose on social interactions And that really resonated with me because this year I've gotten a lot of mental health benefit out of small talk with strangers and like going and just like feeling like the most normal type of human being I could feel like is really something that helps me to thrive. Like I love to roll up to a coffee shop where I know the barista's names. They know my name. Like, I have no idea if they, like, know about my career. I I don't know. Um, But, like, and then I have a friend that also goes to that coffee shop, and so we'll, like, talk about the friend. And I just get these, like, small interactions with people, and I have that, too, with, like, a couple other places I go. And, you know, if you asked me a year ago or whatever, like, is that a meaningful thing? I'd probably be like, what? How could that be meaningful? But then here we are and I'm like, oh my God. It's like a tiny part of my life that fulfills my soul. And I think that comes from like all of us wanting community, a source or a sense of community, whether we want to admit to it or not. It's just like within human nature to want that. And obviously my community needs are met online and through podcasting and, you know, social media. And I love those sources of community. You guys know me, like I'm a pro social media girl. Like I really love it. And I've loved it since before it existed. Like when I was in high school and I heard about MySpace, I was like, this is awesome. A place online where I can just be my weird self. And there's other weird people who want to do this because like, in my world in high school, no one I knew would want to be in MySpace. Like in my head, I didn't think anyone I knew or interacted with in real life would want that. And so I felt like, oh, I have this 
fantasy world community where I can be who I am. And anyways, all that's to say, I like getting it from both places. I And, you know, of course I have like, you know, peers, colleagues, friendships and family, and I get it there too, but I really feel an emphasis on the importance of getting that, like this woman said, like a microdose of social interactions. I just feel like that's been really good for me. And, you know, I also, today I want to talk about like things that I've read or heard about this year that I have stuck with me or that I think were helpful, like life advice. So I'm going to share those kinds of things. But, um, you know, one thing a smart friend of mine had said was like, or maybe it was from a podcast, I can't remember, but uh, it stuck with me, which is like, think of how you feel after you go on a walk with friends versus how you feel after you sit at home, um, you know, doing whatever at home. And you may in the moment much, much, much prefer to choose the sitting at home option, but like at the end of the day, you're going to be better off if you choose that kind of more annoying option. And so I'm really wanting, but for me, I need both like, right. Like I'm not going to be a little miss social butterfly, like all the time. Like that's never going to happen. I fucking love my alone time. It's really important for me, but I do think that I want to expand on that and, and just continue to see the friends who are important to me and who I feel super safe with and who I feel like I can be myself with. That's the other thing. Like there's a lot of social interactions in my day that I've had that were absolutely useless, absolutely just surface level or ignited insecurity or worried that left me worried that I ignited someone else's insecurities or just, you know, anxiety inducing social interactions are not that great. But sometimes that's what you have to go on and handle to get to the good ones. Like, I don't know. I just, another like, since we're just on like life lesson talk, um, I, for the last almost decade, have really felt an emphasis on the importance of people. And this happened to me, of course, like all great things that come to you, it came from a loss. Um, and it was after the death of a friend of mine and Dave's, Harris Whittles, And it was kind of, I think, the first, like, close friend death I experienced. You know, it was before Brody, and it was so shocking. And I just remember, like, over and over in my head, what I kept saying to myself after was, like, people are the most important thing. People are the most important thing. Because I just, I was so faced with this reality and this realization that, like, oh my God, you can never replace a person. You can never replace a person. Like you can miss an event. You can um, lose an item. You can like forget about a thing. Like there's, everything can be replaced except people. And I feel like I didn't really realize that on a deep life-changing level until we lost Harris and I was like holy fuck 
it just, it really rattled my world and it made me really believe that people are everything and people are all that we really have. And to me, that makes every person just important. And of course, like some people are more important to you than others, obviously. You'd be crazy if that wasn't the case, but I don't know. I didn't really intend to talk about this, but it's just coming up. It's like people are everything, which is funny because it's like you're referring to them as a, that was what I always thought was funny was that because I would always say people are the most important thing, which is, I always thought was funny because I'm like calling them a thing, but yeah, like a special person that I shared a lot of time with and was a very, a huge part of mine and Dave's relationship like a fun, fun part of it is gone forever. And I even like throughout the years, I've like pointed certain people uh, out to Dave as like, oh, you should hang out with this person, you know, trying to like reignite, to try to like recreate a relationship, you know, the best as I could, like it's just trying to be a helpful, supportive partner. And like, it's a joke to think that that's something I even tried to do I I, like that's impossible like that person will never be replaced that person will never come close to being replaced and like all we have of that person are memories and like to be honest like I never really think about him because like I don't want to think about someone that like I can't like have anymore you know, because like you guys know, like I have such a fucked up attachment style or whatever, where like if I even have a fucking great Chipotle burrito bowl, like I want to have it every day. And so like, I don't want to think about something that I really want (laughs) that I can never have. So like, it's even hard to just like think about the memories with him. Like, this is so weird. Like I was not thinking about him at all this week or today like I don't know why this is like slipping through the cracks of sadness but (laughs) then like I always felt like the worst part about losing him was just like how it affected Dave you know (laughs) like seeing Dave and just knowing that Dave was weirdly so scared of losing him and I always would like be like oh my god like no what are you talking about like thinking that was so crazy but like I just didn't understand how serious drug addiction was like no one should understand it unless you lose someone to that like why would you even understand how serious it is and like I know that some people are like oh well drug addict like like of course you know but it's just I just think the more and more is like I grow old and wise like people are we're all like affected by our culture and our society whether just whatever fucked up thing you're dealing with like I really don't think it's your fault as much as people want to say it is and I don't know I just feel really sad (laughs) to think about a person that that, like, I would love to spend time with. And you guys are, like, really seeing my my attachment 
come through right now. I don't know how I'm going to post this podcast for everyone to listen to. <laughs> it's like, I like, I feel like I actually cry like once every two years. So, um, especially since I started taking Lexapro, like it really helps me not have these kinds of things happen. But yeah, I just feel sad. Like, it takes me a long time to um, face how sad something can make me because I don't want to face that it's that I don't have it anymore. Again, I know it's funny, like I'm referring to a person as like a thing I could have, but that's just kind of like how my brain works. So anyways, I'll try to move on. Um, so this is supposed to be an end of the year episode. <laughs> Um, I wrote down that I've been off of drugs for two weeks. I did stop using weed. Maybe that's like why a lot of stuff is coming up. But, and then I wrote down, I think my real favorite drug is coffee, but with almond milk. And I do stand by that. So my reflections for the year. Well, let's get into segments. Um, my anti-sadness, <laughs> I wrote down was to take some damn vitamins. I don't think that's going to fix my problems today, but I do have this like big uh, cabinet of like vitamins that I've collected. It's so weird to, to like transition to talking about vitamins right now. Like it's so, it feels so stupid, but I do want to push through because if I don't, I'm just going to sit here and cry. And like, no one wants that. I mean, good God, I need to get to a therapist. Clearly, clearly. Okay. So I have this cabinet of vitamins that I've collected throughout the year, things I've ordered, things I've been like, oh, these are going to change my life. And then for some reason, I never touch them. I never take them. I don't look at them. I pretend they don't exist. I think that because I bought them that I've gotten the health benefits that they have promised. So that is not true, though. I've realized I'm realizing that I think that I might be wrong about that much like when I buy a book and I don't read it but I think that like oh now I own the knowledge in the book like that's not how it works so I've decided that to honor the choices I made throughout the year of purchasing different wellness supplements I will set them out on my counter and I will consume them and some of the ones I'm excited to consume are things that have omega-3s because, look, you Google it, there's a, big, there's a lot of big talk online about how those are good. So I'm going to take those. And I got this, like, fat-soluble vitamin C that it's called, like, lipospheric vitamin C. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. If you live in L.A., you've seen it on, like, counters at air one and whatever. Uh, 
it's like I call it like rich person vitamin C because it's like overpriced and I discovered it when I was babysitting for rich people. And I bought it this year. You know, I was probably like feeling groovy, feel groovy, <laughs> feeling like I'm a cool person. And so I bought it and then I've never touched it. So I set it out. I'm going to take it. It's like slimy vitamin C. It's absolutely disgusting, but I'm going to take it and I'm going to see if that makes me a hotter, happier person. I'll let you know. And then what's so crazy is I actually had another anti-sadness, which is very relevant to what's been going on on this episode so far. And that is to feel my feelings because I believe that feeling my feelings is the secret to a, a true, oh my God, I have a snout. It's not a true winner's mentality is a person who feels their feelings. And I think that people who want to stuff their feelings down, by the way, totally projecting because I, I think I do it, you know, in, in certain situations I can push my feelings down, but if I feel hurt or betrayed or like, you know, someone did something to me that I don't like, I do tend to really feel that. And I've always been that way whenever I've gotten dumped. Like, I will never be the person in a breakup that's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. My life is great. Like, I've always been the person that's like, <gasps> everyone I talk to, oh my God, here's what happened. And people are like, Ooh, get away from me. Like, you're crazy. And so I think that I just, an anti-sadness, which I've just clearly acted out on this episode, is like feeling my feelings. And um, I think that's the way to like really, really win. <laughs> my taste of the week is absolutely obnoxious. It's so unlikable. It is, it makes me the villain in the story. And my taste of the week is my own air fried nut mix. I have in my kitchen now, like all my hot girl jars. And I have got like my almonds, my cashews, my pistachios, my walnuts, my Brazil nuts. I think I'm missing something else, but hazelnuts, but I don't like those anymore. And then I like make my little nut mix. I put it in my air fryer and that's been like my snack. And I'm telling you guys, this is something I learned from Mark Marin. I'm sure I've talked about this on this podcast this year, but when I was going on the road with him and, you know, we would drive, I'd always get to his house and he'd like just have made a fresh batch of air fried nuts. And I'm not even a nut girl. I, I don't love them, but when they're fresh and hot, it's a whole different game. It is a whole different game. They smell good. And I just feel like that little hack of heating them up myself in the air fryer has taken me to that level in life that I've always dreamt of, which is like being a girl that can just eat some nuts as a snack. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's a very heavily cashewed nut mix. Cashews are my favorite. I they're just so much but all the other nuts are just there like for good measure to like seem like I'm healthier than I am but a lot of cashews 
my crush of the week was leaning into being Jewish just because Christmas I was by myself and I found it really helpful to cope with being alone. Um, what like just being like, Oh, I guess I'm just a Jewish person. No Christmas, no problem. And so that was helpful. And like just reflecting on the very Jewish traditions of like getting Chinese food, going to the movies on Christmas. I didn't do those things, but it, it made me feel happy and secure to know that those options were there. Cause like the thing about holidays that can really freak me out is like, Oh my God, everything's closed and you can't just postmates what meal you're craving and you can't just like run to the store. And so I think I love that comfort and security of knowing that like, Oh my gosh, well Chinese food and movie theaters will always be there for me on Christmas day. And so I love that comfort. And yesterday on Christmas day, Dave and I took a walk and he said that he thought that the internet should be shut down on, on national holidays, which I thought was interesting. And obviously that's such a scary thought, like hell no, but also kind of cool. Like I, I could kind of get behind it. I think that there could be something to that, but that would never happen, but I'm into it like as a thought even though I don't like restrictions like that, but I think, I think some weird boundaries are always things that I'm scared of, but then end up being really good for me and like just what I needed. So I wrote down my top favorite experiences of 2022. And I'm just going to kind of plow through them. One, I have to say going to Italy, but I think the biggest reason that that was a great experience for me this year was one, it was something I've never done before. And two, I did it with friends and the friendships that I felt and experienced on that trip. That was what made that trip. There's just no, no denying it for me. Um, Italy was super cool, of course. And of course, like the background of a new country, a new city is going to make conversations more exciting and fun, but ultimately It was all about those relationships on that trip. And it goes back to what I said, which made me cry is like people are the most important thing. And that continues to ring true for me in my life. And it's funny because as like someone who identifies as the loneliest girl in the world, like I love to just be alone and feel lonely. Like I like what I get out of that. It's clearly in direct opposition with how much I love people. And even doing this podcast, I have this visualization that when someone is a guest, because I'm going to start having more guests in the new year, um, maybe not right away, but that's the intended goal. Like I envision myself sitting alone in my room and then like opening the door and the guest comes in and like they come into my world. And I think that will be a feeling I want to carry through the guest episodes. Like if I have, you know, whoever I have on, like they're stepping into my world on this podcast and they're going to talk about things like that are on my mind. And just because not, not because like, Oh, I know better, but mostly because there's so many podcasts and anyone can do any like simple old interview show. But if I'm going to have guests on this, like I really want it to feel like people are stepping into our universe and getting on our weird like level, even though I don't, can't clearly define that what that is for you right now but 
If you guys can, let me know. Next um, of top five favorite experiences was getting passed at the Comedy Cellar. Um, in February, I flew to New York City. I was there for almost two weeks. And I, because I just decided, like, it's February, it's cold, hotels are cheap. Like, I've always wanted to spend an extended amount of time there. And I've always wanted to get past at the Comedy Cellar, just like as a, you know, a notch on the stand-up comedian belt. And I was so nervous about it that almost like the life lesson I got from it was way more valuable than even getting the achievement. And the life lesson was how fucking scared I was. How fucking scared I was to do the thing that I really wanted to do and then had to like push through every excuse in the book that I gave myself in my head of like, I don't, I don't need to. Oh, I don't, there's no point to this. Like up until the very last moment, like of going on that stage for the first time, I just, there were so many voices inside of my head that wanted me to stop. And I know now I think that's like has to do with my brain trying to protect me from a scary situation just because like that's what our brains do for us. It's nothing to do with me. It's just biology. But again, pushing through and doing something I was so scared of. And even if I hadn't gotten the positive result, I think just the fact that I tried and did it despite being afraid was kind of like the biggest, best part of it. Um, next, and this is a more recent occurrence of occurrence of the, yeah, um, of the year was falling back in love with Pinterest. My relationship with Pinterest is we are just best friends. Like that is my safe space. That is my magical world. That is where I go to find myself and, you know, pop a podcast on, get on my Pinterest, like falling back in love with that after not really being into it for so long uh, has been a really rewarding experience for me this year. Of course, shooting my movie was rewarding and hard and fun and a really great learning experience. Another thing I was really nervous about, really glad I did it. And then falling in love with reading. Uh, I guess falling in love with reading is kind of like a too dramatic of a way to say it, but just giving in to reading books and um, finding different books that I would actually want to read, I think that was the biggest key there for me was like only reading things I really, really wanted to read. And that was kind of a, a key in flipping the switch to becoming a person who reads. And so, yeah, those are like the five things that were great this year. Okay. Now, some goals, some things I want for next year. Um, I want to talk about this concept called the third place. And this is something that I found on TikTok and I thought was really interesting. So... Basically, a third place is a place in your life that isn't home and it isn't work. And it can be described as an anchor of community where relationships are formed, conversations are had, activities, whatever. Like Think like a mall, a coffee shop, a bar, a bookstore, a social club. Like That's a third place. You have your first and second place, your home and your place of work, 
And then a third place is like this third magical place that has nothing to do with work or kin. I don't know. But, and basically like what this, this, um, in this book called Bowling Alone, what this author talks about is third places have kind of gone away, right? Like in our culture, we don't really, like even malls are kind of gone. And um, like maybe church would be an, a really good example of like a third place, but obviously like that's not happening for me and most people, especially most young people. Um, but I do, however, in this moment, see the benefits of a church because it's a fucking great third place. But I think like, I, uh, by the way, my true third place is mostly online and I think that's okay. But ultimately I would like to find a new third place in 2023. And I have no idea what that could be. And in fact, like I've wanted to talk about this concept for a while this year, but I just didn't ever do it because I was like, I I don't know what I'm going to tell people my third place is. Like I don't have any ideas for them. And I really, I don't know. I'm kind of like putting this out there in the world and just saying like, I want it. I have no idea what it would be. It could be a coffee shop. It could be like a fancy social club one day. Like, I don't know. Um, It could end up just like the comedy store is kind of Sorry, my nose is still stuffy from having a complete breakdown. Uh, The comedy store, I think, used to kind of be this for me because, you know, I had my apartment, I had my babysitting jobs, and then I had the comedy store. So it wasn't, comedy store wasn't really work. It was, like, fun. Um, Now it's kind of work more so, so it doesn't really count as that, but it was definitely in its time for me a good example of that. And then... I want to talk about um, some life hacks that were written about in the New York Times. Sort of like I've been seeing people talk about like best ideas of the year, like, you know, lists and stuff like that. And so I kind of have taken some notes on like my favorite things that I saw and I want to just share them with you guys, mostly because I like to share these things for selfish reasons. Like I love to send Dave or friends like lists or podcast recommendations because I want not only because like I was so pro something that profoundly affected me, I want them to know about it so that they can remind me of it. We can talk about it. And so that's sort of what I'm doing here is like, I want to tell you guys about these things and maybe, you know, they'll come up throughout the year together with us. So one is, when you get invited to something in the future, ask yourself, would I do this tomorrow? And I, I feel like I sort of use a version of this, especially when in 2018 I did this um, I did this thing with my friends where we it was called like No Flake 2018. And basically like we all agreed that none of us were going to flake on anything we committed to. And if we did, we'd have to be accountable to a punishment. And that exercise that I did that whole year with those friends completely changed my life because I never, from that point on, said yes to something that I didn't know for sure I wanted to show up and do. But before that, I would do it all the time. I got to blow my nose. And so I think this exercise is part of like what would be helpful in not flaking is like, 
really picture, do I really want to do this? And would I do it tomorrow? Would I do it even today? And I think that's like a helpful tool in deciding whether or not you should say yes to something. You know, plans with a friend, whatever it is, work commitment. Um, This I just liked, obviously, because it's very me. The thing that made you weird as a kid could make you great as an adult. And I think that that like explains everything about me. So I think I'm great. That's what I'm saying. Ha ha. This one is great. Ignore what they are thinking of you because they are not thinking of you. And this one, Dave, this is like Dave's, like like he just owns this idea because he's always reminding me people are not thinking about you that much. And I know he's always right, but I love hearing it. I love hearing that nobody cares about me. And it goes back to also a favorite thing that one of my dance teachers said to me that I will just never forget that I, I take with me every day is don't be embarrassed about how you look in this class because no one is looking at you. Everyone is looking in the mirror at themselves. And that is so freeing to realize that nobody gives a fuck about you. And that gives me such freedom to do and say and think and feel. And I feel like a lot of my thoughts and feelings have had to have gotten stifled over the last few years because of like cancel culture, whatever that is. I don't even know what that is, if it's a real thing, but this like fear in the air of being canceled and like, it's just so dumb. Like if people don't like me and they don't like what I say or do, like, babe, unsubscribe, go away. Like the internet is a big place. I promise you I'm not the worst of it. Like I know I'm not. I don't hurt people. I I don't have hate in me. I know that I'm good. And so reminding myself of that one and also that no one should really care what I'm doing and if they're not just being entertained and enjoying it, that has given me a renewed sense of freedom. And by the way, I don't want to listen to entertainment from someone tiptoeing around. I want to hear truth and reality and honesty. And I don't want to be afraid or ashamed of of anything. And I don't want other people to feel that way. So, I mean, obviously if you're evil and like hateful, that don't do that. But that's never been me. That's never going to be me. And so I feel really confident in that about myself that I can speak freely and make jokes and do whatever the fuck I want because I'm not for everyone. And I love the freedom in that. Um, next on the list, I love this one. This one is new to me and I'm totally using it. If you can't, oh God, my nose. If you can't make up your mind between two options, flip a coin and don't decide based on which side the coin came up, side of the coin that came up, decide based on your emotional reaction to which side came up. So I love this because, you know, I'm currently trying to make a decision about a work thing and I think this that analogy or metaphor, whatever you call it, I can't think of what it is right now. I'm not thinking clearly because I cried today. Um, I, when I use that, I instantly know that I do want to do the job that I was thinking of. And it's just thinking of letting leaving that decision up to a coin flip and then being like, wait, no, beautiful. 
And in fact, I use this a lot on Dave and he gets mad at me, a version of this where I'm like, where do you want to go eat? And then he says, and I'm like, no, I don't want to go there. And he's like, why did I say? And I'm like, because I needed to know what you wanted so I could decide if I wanted it or not. Anyway. And then the next one is if you're traveling in a place you've never been before, listen to an album you've never heard before. Forever that forever after, that music will remind you of that place. Now, this is something that I already do, but not with travel, but just with like new life experiences. So for example, like if I'm working on a new project, I, and just so happens like the Taylor Swift album drops or the SZA album drops, like I will only listen to that music and I will just really dive so deeply into that album so that that album will always remind me of that certain era of my life. And I I just highly recommend it. And I think also I've heard people say like if they take a trip, they'll like use a new perfume. So that smell always reminds them. I think like any kind of like sensory or reminders, like I'm such a nostalgia girl. I love anything that can induce nostalgia. Take me there. And then this one I love is you can always tell someone to go to hell tomorrow. And this is a this is a lifesaver. This is a game changer. Sometimes I really want to tell someone to go to hell, but I'm just like, I could do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow, I usually don't want them to go to hell. Lovely. Lovely, lovely. And from a different list, um, this guy on Twitter, who I don't even know who he is, but I saw it all over Twitter. His name is Sahil Bloom. And he had this master list of all his favorite ideas from 2022. And I, I jotted down a couple. I, you know, copy pasted a couple to share with you guys. So one is called the surfer mentality. And that is when a surfer gets up on a wave, they enjoy the moment, even though they know the wave will eventually end and it might even crash on them. They enjoy the ride, knowing that there are always more, more waves coming. And it's a powerful mentality for riding the waves of life. And this kind of applies to, you know, losing my friend that I was crying about earlier. Like, I should be able to enjoy the time that I had, the moment that I had, because everything will end. And again, it's a hard concept for me, but I love the the visualization surfer mentality. Surfers get on a wave. That wave is not lasting more than, I don't know how surfing works, but like seconds, right? It's certainly not reaching a minute of their life. And so I think that's so, the, it's like the opposite of anything I would ever try to do, like chase something that lasts less than a minute, but it's probably, that means it's like the exact mentality that I need to embrace. So that really resonated with me. And then this goes back to what I already said, but the spotlight effect Most people don't really care about you. And the spotlight effect says that we overestimate the degree to which other people are noticing our actions. And this is liberating. Stop worrying about what others think, be yourself, and live according to your values. That's just reiterating the one that we already talked about. And then this one is like dedicated to my haters if they're out there. It's called the Arena Razor. When faced with two paths, choose the path that puts you in the arena. 
It's easy to throw rocks from the sidelines. It's scary and lonely in the arena, but it's where growth happens. And once you're in the arena, never take advice from people on the sidelines. So, sorry, I'm so snotty. But um, I think a lot of people want to critique, myself included, we we all love to critique, critique from the sidelines, for sure. There's nothing wrong with it. It's actually human nature. I don't fault those people, but that doesn't mean that I should fucking listen to it, you know, just because I have done it or, you know, I'm just trying to say like, it's very human to critique from the sidelines. There's nothing wrong with that, but keep it to yourself. And when I'm in the arena, I am not going to take criticism from people on the sidelines. I will take criticism from other people in the arena. I don't fucking know what the arena is in this metaphor. I have no idea. Is it the stand-up comedy stage? Is it uh, this podcast? Is it, I don't know what it is, but I like, I just like this because it gives me a sense of freedom to not have to worry so much about what people who aren't even doing what I do or aren't even trying to do what I do, what they think and how they want to put down what I'm doing. So, um, I think that that's about it. I think we've had like a long, weird one today. I thank you for being here with me. And I guess today you were like kind of my therapist And that's a little embarrassing. You know, I should probably be able to like handle this stuff privately, but we're all different and there's nothing wrong with everyone's different ways to cope. And uh, this is, I guess, the last episode of the year. And it's been really great to get back into solo podcasting and to connect with you guys and to um, just have a place to really share what's going on with me and how I feel and... (sighs) It's crazy. Literally, as soon as next week, literally next weekend, I'm going to be in Phoenix doing stand-up. As always, tickets are at estarnice.com. It looks like I'm also coming to Florida in February and March, Miami, and I think Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, something like that. And um, that's about it for me, you guys. As always, you know, any sharing online is it was a good feeling for me to see that you guys are loving it and getting something out of this and as always again I really think if you're here you are a creative intelligent person that wants to be more in touch with who you are get to know yourself get to know others and I just think that that's cool that we found each other and so I will see you guys next week